Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Locker Room Podcast with Josh and George. Today we have someone from the heartbeat of Notts County's successful season in the National League. Before joining Notts in November last year, Tom Wheel has coached at youth level for Norwich, Huddersfield and Forest. Tom explains his path through youth football as a player and a coach before his transition into first team football. So, here is Tom Wheel in the Locker Room. Nice to meet you Tom, how yeah. are you? Afternoon guys, we okay? Yeah, yeah good, thank real, you. Real. Thanks for making the journey up here. Um, and firstly, was it a dream to be a professional goalkeeper? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was in the academy at Ipswich when I was uh, younger. And then actually my family moved from Ipswich to Norwich. Um, and just quite naturally, kind of just for kind of personal circumstances, moved over to Norwich Academy. They were, they were lucky enough that they took me. Um, and then at 16... Uh, myself included where everyone kind of realised that I wasn't going to get any bigger than five foot eight and thought you know what this <laughs> this ain't going to work out for me so <laughs> I'll go into um, I'll go into coaching so so yeah very much so at a young age I was I was in kind of professional youth systems from for me I feel like something like seven or eight I think my first yeah. went into Ipswich but I kind of knew I wasn't stupid as a kid and can I get to 15 16 that you know Norwich are recruiting goalkeepers who are, I'm looking up at. Kind of going, ah, I think I think I could be struggling here. Um, and I was really lucky in my group. I had um, at Norwich at the time. We had Declan Rudd. Oh, the man. year below me, the year below him was Remy Matthews, who's now at Crystal Palace. And the year below him was Angus. Oh no, sorry. The year below Declan was Jed Steer. Yeah. Um, the year below him was Remy Matthews, and the year below him was Angus Gunn. Oh right. So we had a really healthy crop of goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew that it was going to come to an end. Uh, before I wanted it to and so put my energy into coaching kind of straight away and that just came naturally to you did it yeah I think I'd always um, I'd always enjoyed being coached so I think naturally then you kind of take an interest in in kind of how that's working what's motivating me as a player they immediately said you know would you like to get involved Um, so it was obviously something that they'd recognised in me as well Um, so yeah I wouldn't say it was something that I knew at 16 I was going to go into into coaching but they Norwich kind of pushed me forward and supported me with some qualifications to do coaching both from a goalkeeping point of view and um, kind of in the community and around schools and things like that and then things kind of took off from there really Was there like a defining moment in your development where you knew like, like this isn't this isn't going to work I mean from a personal point of view we'd, we'd played um, a game against Celtic actually um, and I played really badly. I was, yeah. yeah, I was fifteen. So it was a late birthday, so I was fifteen at the time. But I think there was a, with that young goalkeeping group beneath me, and training with them, and also then starting to see goalkeepers that you're playing against, and you're like, all oh, these guys are a different breed to me. Yeah. I was quite self-aware, and I remember that game distinctively, probably just because I had a bad game. Can you like map out your journey through like youth football? To go all the way back to the start, I was doing um, done my GCSEs, gone to sixth form. That's when I first started coaching, where I was kind of still in the academy, but the community programme was giving me a few hours a week worth of schools coaching. So I would finish my college education for the day. I'd then go to a local school and do an art of school club. And so I just started getting into it then. Obviously, primarily in terms of talking from a goalkeeping point of view, um, I really started when at 18, uh, went to Lincoln to do my degree in sports development and coaching. Um, and they were great in as much as everything you did you could relate to your field of coaching so it wasn't just generic it was okay so I was coaching goalkeeping so all my assignments were aligned into that which was fantastic Um, 
and then I would always come back to Norwich in any kind of break and call up the community programme and go, have you got any goalkeeping soccer schools on? I said, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you need a coach? Uh, not this time. Okay, well, can I come up co volunteer? Yeah. yeah, of course you can, yeah. And that, so I either, every time I was back in some kind of holiday, I was coaching in some respect, whether it's paid or volunteering, I would always go and, and yeah. do goalkeeping coaching there. Finished my degree, came back to the foundation and um, kind of worked my way up. So would first first of all kind of got into a, a coaching role. So going around the schools and the after school clubs and doing that. And then got promoted quite quickly, twice within three years into middle, middle management and then senior management. So kind of drawing on funding from the Premier League Sport England NHS to try and run these sports programmes, football programmes. But I got to kind of 23 and it wasn't really the direction I wanted to go down. I'd gone from kind of coaching a lot to sitting behind a desk and organising programmes. So I didn't want to do it. All the way through that, I had been doing goalkeeping coaching at the foundation as well as that job. But it had kind of taken a back seat and I didn't like that. So I then made the gamble to go to Huddersfield and coach at their academy uh, and do a master's in sports coaching at, at Leeds, uh, which I did part time on the side. Um, and I did that at Huddersfield for three, four years. Um, working with the 9s and 16s and um, in the end some new management came in and my hours kind of got a little bit uh, reduced and, and, and adjusted um, I actually picked up some hours as a coach as a as a lecturer sorry at Leeds Beckham oh. University alongside it um, which was great for me uh, I've got real interest in academics um, and the academic side of coaching so I was probably lecturing at Leeds Beckett for about 18 months wow. on the side as well which was great so I was doing my masters I was lecturing and I was coaching doing a bit of everything doing a bit of everything but it was fantastic and I think at that age it was perfect for me because you just experienced so much um, and in that time at Huddersfield you know the goalkeeper departments are always quite fluid and as much as you, you if you're an under 10s coach at Huddersfield there's probably 12 14 coaches above you before you get to the first team yeah if that makes yeah. sense at Huddersfield, it was the first team goalkeeping coach, the head of academy goalkeeping coach, and me. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it, so it only, you know, you only have to have two people being able to take a session, and suddenly I was doing a first team session at 23 years old, which is what I did numerous times. That's unreal. Um, so that was brilliant. Um, but my boss uh, at Huddersfield, due to the staffing changes, moved to Nottingham Forest Okay. Uh, to do the head of academy goalkeeping there. He said, can I come and run the program for him basically and do kind of under 18s down so I did that um, I loved working working in Nottingham Forest loved the city loved the club thought it was brilliant um, yeah. thoroughly enjoyed my time there and the only club that would have taken me away from that was Norwich my kind of hometown club and luckily they came calling and I came in as head of academy goalkeeping um, I thought you could not refuse no, I, couldn't, I couldn't have refused that at all um Dean Kylie had just left to, to move to West Brom I think it was at the time and the, the head of academy goalkeeping had moved up to first team and I'd n known him through various conversations and um, went in at Norwich um, yeah. and that was great I mean the same situation I mean I was working with the young goalkeepers to start off with then moved into work with the under 18s and the 23s was lucky enough to experience some first team fixtures um, as well uh, did the a few years ago now uh, the last time Norwich City were in the Premier League, I uh, did the game at uh, the Tottenham Stadium, um, the first team game, which was incredible in front of 80,000. It was wow. ridiculous, standing in the dugout next to Mourinho, and <laughs> that was just surreal. It was one of those moments where you genuinely have to pinch yourself. Oh, it was ridiculous. Um, and then um, NFA Cup game, which we won against Burnley. Um, and then my role kind of started to change a little bit from that point where 
the first team goalkeeping coach wanted to be involved with them quite a lot so I was trying to head up the department run my under 18s and 23 session in the morning and then step into the first team sessions to assist him and be around those lads so my plate was really full and it was brilliant but it was uh, it was a dream like I say to to work at my hometown club to work in that kind of position and just while we're talking about the youth team element as sort of a youth team coach how much contact do you have with both the head of goalkeeping at the first team level and both the academy managers for like the outfield players as well yeah loads I mean that's as a goalkeeping coach that's probably one of your biggest skill sets is having to manage people and communicate effectively because you know I'm working in a team of three or four from a goalkeeping point of view so I had the first team goalkeeping coach we had a really good relationship myself and Ed Woodson got on really really well he was fantastic for me and so every day we'd want a little bit of contact just to just to just kind of discuss various things um, and then I had two coaches work underneath me one full-time one part-time so the full-time member of staff I'd touch base with every day because he'd yeah. be in the office the part-time member of staff a couple of times a week he'd be in so I'd make sure I see him at least one but then within every team you work for let's say it's an under 18s team at category one premier league level you've got an academy manager a head of coaching a head of football a first like a, a, a kind of head coach for the under 18s yeah. an assistant head coach for the 18s a, a sports scientist a physio an analyst right. um, so and that's before there's any kind of interns or anything like that so there's probably a staff of like 10 11 per team at 18s and 23s level full time so again like I'm probably one of the only members of staff at that point because of my role in the way it works to work cross teams Yeah. so your communication skills have to be really good he played away on a Friday night let's say we had Newcastle away mm-hmm. at 23s and we'd come back on the night we kicked off at 7 o'clock we'd be back at 2 in the morning I had to be on a coach for an under 18s away game at Arsenal at half 7 the next morning potentially a part of a learning experience for me for that is you know are you better off doing that or should you manage your time better you know yes of course you need to be there for those fixtures or do you could you get one of the other coaches to cover you because by the time you then get to Monday are you giving everything you possibly can to that session on Monday or are you still knackered from the Friday and Saturday looking back I'm not sure I would have done things any differently but I can certainly see the flaws in that tactic I'm, I'm very quietly content with that. So there was, a, there was a striker behind him. I was at the game and I was thinking, you know, when he threw the ball out, I didn't even see the striker. <laughs> right? So he, he throws the ball out in front of him. He just made a pretty good catch, actually. Yeah. Right? He throws the ball out in front of him. Didn't check, didn't check his oh. shoulders. Striker comes around, nicks the ball, pokes it in the net, and, I'm, and, that, and that was when that was the year we got relegated as well. So some really brilliant insight from Tom there, showing that you don't have to be an ex-footballer to succeed in the coaching landscape. If you're enjoying the pod, be sure to subscribe to Neon to hear more from Josh and me and many more young people from Nottingham talking about the things that they love. Back to Tom though, and before exploring his venture into the dugout, it's time for Know Your Past. So we're approaching about halfway and we've got a game lined up for you. Come on then, what we got? So it's called Know Your Past. So we've got we've got uh, 15 questions, you've got 90 seconds, mm-hmm. and they're footballing quiz questions about the four clubs that you've been associated with. Brilliant. Forest Knots. Huddersfield and Norwich. Fantastic. So, are you ready with the timing, Josh? I'm ready for the timing. This when could be, time, this could be embarrassing time. here. We might, we might be cutting this <laughs> well short. On our last episode, I'll, yeah. Um, oh, there was controversy. Episode. Yeah, well, there was controversy. Um, he got four on right. our last, and there was about 15 questions. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, we got a 13 in, I think. So, so basically, yeah. I've got four to beat. You've yes. got four yeah. to beat. Okay, that's, that's to top the leaderboard. Okay. Tom Whale, do you know your past? So, when were Notts County founded? 1862. Correct. Who is Huddersfield Town's current manager? 
Carlos Carvajal. Corbaran, I'll give you that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what year did Nottingham Forest win the old first division? 1982. 1978. Who is Norwich City's second goalkeeper this season? Uh, it is Angus Gunn. Correct. Well done. Who was the first team to win three consecutive English league titles? Huddersfield Town. Correct. Ooh, he's on four. How many people were in attendance when Notts broke the National League attendance record this season to the nearest thousand? Oh, it's 12,600, I think. So would that make it 13,000? Yeah, correct. Ooh. How many times have Norwich City been relegated from the Premier League before this season? Too many times. Uh, <laughs> four. Five. Oh, I was going to say five. Who is uh, Nottingham Forest's record top goal scorer post-World War II? Trevor Francis. Nigel Clough. Oh. According to Transfer Market, how many goals did fellow coach Michael Doyle score? Oh, no. For the club. <laughs> oh, no. For the club, um, 12. One. Wow, I'll do that. that's fine. I'll get it wrong that way. That's fine. Who's Nott's record signing? Nott's County's record signing. Um, pass. Casper Schmeichel. Who wins Ooh. the head-to-head between oh. Forest and Nott's? Forest. Correct. What's Norwich City Stadium called? Carroll Road. Yeah. Which current Huddersfield goalie was loaned to Nott's three seasons ago? Uh, Ryan Schofield. Correct. How many FA Cups have Forest won? Three. Two. And oh. what's Yarosh's shirt number? Uh, Thirteen. Well done. You literally had one second left. Well done. That's, well done. Well there, aren't he? He's done very well. He did very well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. That's not bad at all, Tom. That's our best so far. I'm I'm very quietly content with that. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. You know what? I was so surprised that you got Ryan to go for it. Yeah. Today. Do you know what? It's because I coached Scoey at Huddersfield. Really? Yeah. So I was uh, Scoey was under 15s, 16s when I was there. Yeah. And so obviously you kind of keep an eye on lads that, that when you go through and. Uh, I remember because he made an absolute boo-boo, didn't he? Yeah, did he, against did Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, over. Against Carlisle. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that clip? So I was, I was That's at, when he throws the ball out and I, someone nicks round him. I, I, I was at the game. Yeah. So there was, a, there was a striker behind him. I was at the game and I was thinking, you know when he threw the ball out? I didn't even see the striker. <laughs> right? So he, he throws the ball out in front of him. He's just made a pretty good catch, actually. Yeah. Right? He throws the ball out in front of him. Didn't check Didn't check his oh. shoulders. Striker comes round, nicks the ball, pokes it in the net. And, I'm, oh. and, that, and that was when, that was the year we got relegated as well. Oh, so yeah. We won the game. Won the game 2-1. But and he made some. Saved his blushes, but not. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? He, he made some worldies that game. So <laughs> you did well getting that one though, because that was the one Josh this morning was like, "Oh, he's not going to yeah, get that." Yeah, I, I said, I said this morning, I don't, I don't think he's going to get that one. You know? I'll tell you what, it's the it's the trophies one. I'm terrible for stuff really? like that, like really? especially stuff before my, before I was born. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, well done. Top of the leaderboard. Yeah, take it. Smashed it as well. Fair play. Fair play. I'll take it. Let's give you that. So we'll move it on to uh, yeah, Notts career. I think you were on holiday, weren't you, when you got the call? Yeah, I was actually on a study visit to a football club in Iceland Okay. at the time. Um, I was out there for a couple of weeks. Um, one of my old friends is now a, a head coach at a first division Icelandic football club, believe it or not. And they were in their pre-season and I just said, you know, would you mind if I come and spend a couple of weeks? Um, I had a phone call from uh, Jack Robinson, who's the assistant first team goalkeeping coach at Liverpool. Um, yeah. Saying, oh, you know, I know Ian Birch, not Notts County. Um, is there a? Would you like to have a conversation about the the role at Notts County, the first team goalkeeping trophy? I said absolutely, yeah. And then I spoke to Ian um, while I was away and said, would you be interested in having kind of a further conversation? Is something you'd be? I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, he kind of told me about the club, where it was going, the situation it was in, and um, with their goals and aspirations and and then uh, gave me a couple of tasks to do so by the time I was back from Iceland uh, I actually did a, a Zoom interview for my nan's living room oh, uh, wow. 
that's with Ian, uh, yeah. where uh, I just again he's had some tasks for me to do some analysis and and, okay. and bits and bobs, and and so I kind of presented him some some of the analysis stuff he's asked me to do, and then some some ways I think that I could improve the department and, and what I'd give to the role, and and then from there it was very kind of straightforward. I got a phone call about twenty four hours, forty hours later, having him spoken to the uh, the owners and. I think I finished at Norwich on a f- Friday after that and started knots on a Monday. Like it was very, very quick, uh, which I think it is in football anyway, to be honest. But um, yeah, that's how it transpired. And being an academy manager at Norwich, did you always see that progression into first team football? I, th- I think eventually it's something that I wanted to do. I mean, it was just, it was a funny situation because I'd kind of, Norwich was where my family was. Um, I was in a relationship at the time where I was, I was in Norwich and everything was kind of very set and settled and, and, it wasn't like I was trying to get out at all but you have certain aspirations and it was more the culture of the club um, the way that Ian spoke the way he wanted to go about his work the way that he wanted me included in his work um, the kind of support team behind the football club holistically that that was what the the draw was I spoke to Jason the, the, the CEO yeah. Jason Turner fantastic man brilliant um, and and that's what that, that that's what kind of brought me to knots. Like I say, it wasn't. A, I think you know, not being funny. Once you, <laughs> I never really thought about it too much yeah. until you go when I'd done the game at the Tottenham Stadium, and I was like, oh, this is all right. This is, <laughs> this is okay. This get is used all right. to that. Yeah, I could kind of get used to this. Brennan Johnson was in. Um, absolutely pulling strings for fun yeah, under 16s was football. It? Even at oh, that age, he was a joke. He was a joke. Yeah, I always try and align um, the environment I create, the behaviours I use, um, the goals of the session. Um, I have to all kind of match up. You know when you um, first came in. That was Jaros already there? I don't think he was. No, he wasn't there. Um, it was... So we had we we only had Sam and Tiernan at the of time. Um, Anthony Patterson has just gone back, back to Sunderland for the, for the first time. Or... Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Um, so we just had the two. We just had Sam and Tiernan in, um, and Ian wanted to. Uh, well, we were basically told that we'd be allowed Pato back. Or we're trying to get Pato yeah, back, course. kind of remember, as soon yeah. as possible. Um, so we always wanted Tiernan to go out on loan and have two competing for the number one spot. That was always going to be the case. So then it was just a matter of circumstances to what happened next yeah. in terms of who we brought in, whether it's Pato or someone else. Um, so yeah, when I walked in the door, that was the situation. And you mentioned earlier that you were in contact with that Liverpool coach. Was he instrumental in getting Yaros at all? Uh, he's definitely someone I spoke to. I mean, he'd spoke to me when I'd got the job and said, if you were looking for, obviously I'd gone through Jack to to get the job and so when I phoned Jack to say you know I've been successful you know thank you ever so much for your help and putting me forward um, uh, he kind of said to me at the time we've got a goalkeeper who's currently out on loan at Ireland at St Pat's yeah, so he's doing really well um, but he's going to be back in November if you were for whatever reason looking for a goalkeeper in January then let me know um, so it wasn't a done deal by of any stretch of the imagination but you know once we realised that Pato wasn't going to be coming back yeah. uh, from Sunderland for the second time we then had to go into the market and see what was what was around so um, v quickly became a very uh, positive option for us to strengthen the department and so obviously you, I then spoke to Jack and we got some footage and I had to present that to various people and along with some other goalkeepers and v seemed like the, the, 
the kind of best choice and then we had to have a meeting with uh, Viet, his agent and the loans manager at Liverpool and myself and the gaffer had that meeting and so Viet had options to go into the league I believe um, but wanted to come to us because of the way we played our football mm-hmm. and, and the kind of shared philosophies the club have. Was that, was that from our league? Um, I, to be honest I think it was from the league, I think it was league two, it was in the league they had options yeah. Wow, so um, step down it. Yeah, uh, uh, you can call it a step down, it is on the face of it but I think in terms of um, the resources the club has, the staff the club has, the way that we're trying to play the football that we play, sometimes I think even though it's down a league, it's a more um, attractive option to come and play in front of an average of 7,000 every other week, to work with a full-time goalkeeping coach, to work with a manager who wants to play football in a certain way, which is going to benefit him in the long run. Viet, this is, you know, if he wants to get to playing for the Liverpool's first team, he's going to want to uh, play in a certain way. Um, and obviously the pitch being the way it is, the stadium, you know, I think that Notts is an attractive option for, yeah. you know, we've had Harry Arta come and play out for the games for us, you know, because he's looked from over the road and gone, you know what, I've heard good things about the manager, the stadium, the setup is fantastic, the people are great. That's somewhere I want to go and um, go and be for a period of time. And there is that link between the two Nottingham clubs, isn't there? Because I know, especially Ryan Yates, who's in Forest's first team, he went to Notts, and since then he's he's really kicked on. So I think it's a really big building block. Really, yeah, it? it's it's something that I know the Gaffer is really passionate about establishing because um, you know Forest have got a very good academy. They're in the final of the FA Youth Cup of in a course. few weeks' time. They've had some great players. Whether it be, I remember the team of. Um, you know, when I was at Forest, it was your Matty Cashes and your Ben oh, yeah. Meritons and Osborne. Um, oh, Osborne's was yeah. in the first team and breaking through, and then you had, um, you know, I was the I was it was under 16s when I was there with the Brennan Johnson was in, um, absolutely pulling strings for fun yeah. under 16s was football. He? Even at oh, that age, he was a joke. Was he was a joke. Yeah. Um, so you know they've got a good set, a fantastic setup. There were some good people. Gabe Brazil's a, a very good, very good guy. Um, Dane, the sporting director there, um, has come in and made a great impact, and I think that's just a, rela- a relationship that can benefit both parties. You know, they get to send their players on a full-time loan if you want one, where they come and train and play with us all the time, and they know that they're working with coaches who are going to try and develop the players as opposed to just give them game time. Um, and you know, they're playing an attractive style of football, and it allows them to keep an eye on them whenever they want. You know, they're the literally on the doorstep for home games yeah. so they can see yeah. them all the time um, so it, ma- it makes sense you know so we get to potentially tap into their quality and they get to um, draw on us for uh, experience with their players yeah just touching back onto your sessions do, do you get like quite involved or do you just say this is how you do it go do it sort of thing? as in my goalkeeping sessions yeah um, <laughs> good question uh, so the easy answer is it depends okay um, because it has to depend on what I'm trying to get out of the session. Um, so uh, sometimes the session will be more kind of discovery based. So here's a picture, here's a problem, let's try and solve it within a lot okay. of time. Um, so I'm not going to give you the answers, I'm just going to give you the picture. And between you, you can kind of experience it, have reps at it, and maybe I can come in and poke you for some thoughts but and sometimes it'll be so let's say tomorrow's session minus one against all the shot right they're going to get balls in the box and they're going to look for well it's going to be counter-attacks it's going to be balls in the box and it's going to be second phases or balls yeah. in the box so 
we might look at a little bit of we might talk about some positioning elements to deal with counterattacks. then we might do some work on dealing with deep crosses and shots from the edge of the box okay tomorrow is a match day minus one session in preparation for the game so there i'm far more likely to go this is the practice this is what's going to happen this is what i want you to do okay on a different day where it might be more let's say learning based then we might have a little bit more discovery element to it i might give less clues i have to take advantage of the fact that you've got sam slocum there who is 33 years old has played endless league yeah. games and i have to take advantage of his knowledge as well as allowing him to transfer his knowledge to the other goalkeepers in v and tin and who are both kind of a similar age kind of 19 20 21 so if i paint the picture and allow them to explore it first of all they might all have different ways of solving it who's yeah. to say that my way is the best way so why would i tell someone to do something when their skill set might be slightly different to mine or sam's or tin's or whatever so I have to give them a certain amount of degree to explore their way of solving the problem. Um, so, And then also to look at how other people solve it and potentially take some clues off that. And, and then that's when we might get a little bit of a, more, a, a different setup. So I'd say that my, I always try and align um, the environment I create, the behaviors I use, um, the goals of the session um, have to all kind of match up Okay. Um, as opposed, you know, so if I'm, if I want a session tomorrow, I want, I want real deliberate actions, and to the, I want you to do this, 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 and this. If I use a question and answer approach to that session, I might be wasting a bit of time there. And okay. it might not, so it has to be more of an, a, a direct instructional approach tomorrow, where I want a real deliberate, and I want a very, a very progressive, technical session tomorrow, as opposed to a game related, or. A, picture session let's say where they get a chance to explore do you know what i mean so everything yeah. has to kind of align there's no point in me planning a, a session f that looks a certain way and using a certain behavior that doesn't mm, kind of mix. balance yeah. that off um so i try and make sure they all align every time and like i say it's then about in coaching terms looking at your toolbox and thinking okay so what tool is going to fit what problem what, yeah. what what part of this session today so uh, yeah there'll certainly be a time that i would um really kind of be hands on but there'll also be a time where I'll go there you go this is what we go do, do it. off yeah. you go i tell you what it does do it we're all very close we all work well together um, and in terms of managing the players I, th I think we're very in tune I'd love to be long term in Oz County I think it's a fantastic football club I I've loved every second that I genuinely like I know that everyone that is like is, is never going to bow their employers on a podcast like that but absolutely genuine from the bottom of my heart it's been such an enjoyable experience being at this football club excellent to get Tom's view into his coaching methods and into one of the best academies in the country Coming up in the final section of our interview with Tom, he explores his relationship with his fellow Knotts coaches and his ambitions for his career. Doyle's, I think he's 40. He's 40 um, yeah. Gaffer, I think he's 38, 39. I'm 31. Uh, Alex, the set-piece coach, just turned 32. Hutz, the sports scientist, 38. I'll tell you what it does do. It, we're all very close. We all work well together. Um, and in terms of managing the players, I, th I think we're very in tune with their, yeah, their needs and their wants and understand how to how to manage them I would say and it seems like the four or five of you have a brilliant relationship but in terms of you as a goalkeeper coach how much influence can you have on the match day tactics and systems um, like I said what the gaffer is brilliant at is that he will always ask an opinion 
you know, always, you know, we go into a room at half time with myself, Doyler, and Jiao, the analyst. Um, we'll all kind of, Jiao will have some clips from the first half that he's he's got on his laptop, and we can just have an open discussion about what we've seen, what we think. Do we need to change shape? Do we need to listen? The, the manager and um, we'll have the final say, but it's very much an environment where he he's open to feedback from from all um, from all kind of places. Um, and then it's about, I guess so. After the Torquay game, um, we kind of because we attack quite full throttle. Both fullbacks sometimes go, go and two yeah. one at the back. And so I did some isolated practice with the back four about dealing with balls in behind because from a goalkeeping point of view, it was related to of course. where we need to be and what we need to do, but it was more of a unit thing. We needed a bit of a shared narrative about how to deal with those situations. So I, just, I said to the gaffer, is that something you're happy for me to deliver on? He said, yeah, absolutely, go crack go on. It, so yeah. in, in training, Doyle took some attacking players, I took the defensive unit, and then I delivered that part of the session with the manager overseeing both bits. Um, just, just finally, obviously, you're only thirty-one. Young, only. It's only thirty-one. <laughs> young. What's your ambitions? What's next? Do you see yourself long-term at Notts County, or? Um, I'd love to be long-term at Notts County. I think it's a fantastic football club. I, I've I loved every second. I genuinely like. I know that everyone that is like is, is never going to bow mouth their employers yeah. on a podcast like that, but absolutely genuine from the bottom of my heart, it has been such an enjoyable experience being at this wow. football club. I love the place to bits already. Um, everyone from the people in the back office, working in operations, in in um, hospitality, to the CEO, to the manager, to the fans, to the players, everyone has been unbelievable. And I would love nothing more to now be a part of a really successful journey that takes the club back where it should be. That would probably be a massive goal of mine. I'd love to. I'd love to work with a. I've worked with I kind of got kind of little kind of semi long term goals in the back yeah. of my head one is to work with someone who makes an international first team debut yeah. uh, and also to experience a, a promotion or, or something yeah. like that I just think it's um, but the same as any kind of walk of life in any job things are made easier or harder by the environment that you're in um, and I think that if you can really live and breathe in a working environment that you genuinely believe in and that you want to succeed I think that is a, a really solid goal to have so Fingers crossed that's with Notts County for the foreseeable future. Well, Tom, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure to get your insight into one of the biggest clubs in Nottingham. Not, not quite. Behave <laughs> yourself. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good luck in the play. Hopefully, you get to the playoffs. Good luck in that. Um, make sure if you enjoyed this episode to subscribe to Neon to hear more from Josh and I. And we'll be back next time. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>